the structure of political opportunity is actually Welcome back to the New Pathways podcast. Today, we have the lab that aired Thursday, May 28th. Um, it was the one that was at 6.30, and it is Resilience Part 1, Embodying Values. Um, joining us on this is Dr. Maria Serwa, Kristen Vangenhoven, Carmen Silva, and Tony Bergens. This was moderated, as always, by Ashante Renee, and Gwendolyn Hampton Van Sant. Please enjoy this discussion, be well, do as much good work as you possibly can, and stay safe out there. So uh, Maria, you're going to kick us off. And you introduce yourself and go. <laughs> Thank you. Hi, everyone. So I had this little thing planned, and then I saw Tony's face. And I just have to tell you a little story about a moment when Life was a little simpler, but also painful. It was just a moment of individual suffering when my youngest went off to college and I decided to take Tony's weekend dance class, thinking that I would just dance and not feel for the entire weekend. And she had the audacity of bringing in a shaman to co-teach with her. And I don't know if you've ever been with shaman people, but they make you feel stuff. And her, her colleague had us dance blindfolded for hours and bump it into each other. And I, the entire time I had to do my shamanic vision quest dance, I was pissy. And, and on the last moment I decided, I'm just gonna go find a window and lean against the window and no one's gonna bother me there. And I'm just gonna wait until the Native American flute sounds like stop and the eagle screeching just stops. And I can just like dance, you know? And I like, we tell ourselves stories, right? About what's going to help and what's not going to help. And I'm up against the window and I get still and the music is still pulsing and 50 women are dancing blindfolded around me. And we're all sweating and it smells. And I start to have the thing happen that I don't want to have, which is I start to feel. And I start to feel the loss of my son, the loss of being a mom in the same way. And then, of course, the deeper griefs, the loss of my father who had just died, you know, just. And as I'm crying, I see this image of this broken brown desiccated bird's nest with tiny little bird bones and feathers in it. And the sobbing continues. And yet the music continues also and the invitation continues also. And when what seems like a heartbeat, suddenly I see a ladder from that nest up. And I take the ladder up in my mind and above me is a giant green verdant nest. And I get it. I'm reminded again that our task always in the middle of suffering is find our way back into the great green nest of the world, the larger world, that all suffering is actually a summons. And in that summons, we have the opportunity to actually act with courage and capacity and in community or shut down and pretend that we don't have to feel things, we don't have to see things, we don't have to know things. In this COVID moment, the thing I am most drawn to is a kind of parallel uh, pillars, if you will. And one 
came blazingly fast in the time of COVID. Someone sent me this quote from W.E.B. Du Bois, there is in this world no such force as the force of a person determined to rise. The human soul cannot be permanently chained. And his quote I have on my bulletin board, I see it every day on my way to my Zoom office, and it, it's the North Star, right? It's that possibility of rising into that great green nest. But a parallel pillar also comes to us from Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who is a gorgeous storyteller and writer who reminds us that we were made for these times. She writes, my friends do not lose heart. We were made for these times. Ours is a time of almost daily astonishment and righteous rage over the latest degradations of what matters most. In any dark time, there's a tendency to veer toward fainting over how much is wrong or unmended in the world. Do not focus there. Ours is not the task of fixing the entire world all at once, but of stretching out to mend the world that was within our reach. Any small calm thing that one soul can do to help another will help immensely. It is not given to us to know which acts or by whom, will cause the critical mass to tip toward an enduring good. And in the field of resilience, we need both of these. We need the North Star of inspiration. There is no soul that is not capable of rising. But we also need the clarity of those small acts that we can take. We can lead ourselves through on a daily basis, potentiating growth in the part of the world that was, is within our reach. This is a gorgeous opportunity to have a conversation about what those small acts might be and also what the inspiration might be that leads us to a place of slightly, slightly greater courage and tenacity and wholeheartedness. So the conversation I'm very interested in having tonight is, a, is that combination of both. You know, what are the acts within our reach and what is the inspiration that it's enabling you to persevere? even facing what you are facing in your homes and in your communities. I have one last thought for you. Resilience is not about leaving the broken nest to go to the green nest. It's about carrying the suffering of the broken nest into the green nest in an integrated way and finding that we are capable of holding both at the same time. We are capable of holding beauty, wonder, awe, magnificence, generosity, kindness, wisdom, and justice, just as we are capable also of holding our sorrow, our grief, our pain. And through that integration, that is where actual, actualized hope lives. So looking forward to the conversation later. Thank you, Maria. <laughs> um, we're moving on to Carmen Silva Baker. Thank you. Hi. Well, some of you watched the video that I was presenting, and I want to talk. Could you hear me well? Yes? Okay, good. <laughs> well, I was just saying that some of you watched the video that I present already, but I would like also to talk a little bit about because some haven't seen it, and how this um, can work with these times and how can we take um, those um, ideas of gratitude, uh, mindfulness to our workspace 
also how can who we are in our best who are we who we are when we are doing the best things we can do and to get to know each other about about that to get to know ourselves and also when i direct you when all this finishes to see to look for your strengths in the VIA Institute. And maybe I'll have an opportunity to put the link and later on, <laughs> and you can check that. Because sometimes we have, we always hear people, or we just ourselves say, okay, I'm not too good in this. And we're so good finding what we're not good for. But these are the good news. There is this um, book called Character Strengths and has a lot of um, research behind on it. And the book was written by Martin Seligman and Chris Peterson, who I was so, so lucky. They were my professors at University of Pennsylvania. And in that book, they have these 24 character strengths. And there we can, in, we can find out in the VIA Institute, which ones are our, our five top character strengths. And we can see how that works. And what is so important about these character strengths is because when we know what we are good at, and if we are having a moment that is not so good, sometimes we can just take refuge and do what we like a lot. It's good to know those things because they, can, they bring us well-being. They make us feel much better. So I invite you to search into that. What are your five top character strengths if you want to bring more well-being into your lives during these times? Because these are hard times and we all want to be in our best. The, the good thing is they make us out, they, that help also to make our immune system stronger because we're doing, we're paying attention to something that we can flourish and we can show other people and that will help us also because it's kind of like we're showing ourselves, yes, I'm good in this. Because at this moment when we are seeing the news and we are finding a lot of despair, a lot of sadness in the world. We need things also to help us to keep focus, to keep doing what we like the most and to keep us strong so we can help other people. But like we all know, we have to help ourselves first. So another thing is talking about, uh, I'm sorry, is thinking about gratitude. And how can we bring this to our workplaces? They have found that many times people in their jobs, they're are not too happy. Unfortunately, in our country, very few people are happy to have the job they really want, the one they dreamed when we were, they were little. Very, like, a, I think it's like a 70% of the people who do not like their job, do not like their bosses, and they are very unhappy. So when we can bring gratitude to our workplace, we can start enjoying that more. I remember going to this working in this in this um place some years ago that was a domestic violence that was a domestic violence place and there there was this secretary and the person she was always very upset she was complaining about everything in her life and it was kind of dreadful to go and talk to her because she was going to just shower me with all these things or shower anyone who passed around so but, but I thought, well, what about if I start finding something and she's nice and she's, I have to make something because this is not a way to come to work every day, you know, and find these people who is just so upset. And so I, we, I started, you know, finding a little bit of things that were, that was grateful than she did. And little by little, it's very interesting because she kind of switched and she was kind of happier. And I think we all have a little bit to do 
with how other people feels, but we have to bring it first to ourselves. And I totally invite you during the day, you just have to catch the good stuff. Like one of my professors used to say, just catch the good stuff. You know, if you see a flower here in the Berkshires, I feel like a wow, there's so many beautiful things, the trees. I, the first thing when I came, because I, we just moved recently here, I thought, oh my God, this is funny. Uh, but I'm not, I do not like that I'm liking this place a lot because I was afraid. I was 29 years in Connecticut and I was going to come to a new place. But in then just finding, start seeing it, how nice people are very nice here too. It's, it's, it's so interesting because we're just one line apart to Connecticut. But it, when you find that, it helps you. It helps you to connect better, to have um, a better time with yourself and with others, especially right now. Like, again, we all know it's not a happy time. We are now 100,000 beautiful people less. And that's, that's very, very sad. But I cannot go through my day crying. I have to stand up and serve as I can. So I, ha I have to choose in the morning. What am I grateful today for? Well, I can breathe. I can do that. I have some food. In I have food. You know, I have clothes. So very simple things. We don't have to have, to have everything. The important thing is to see what we have. Because in the past, I remember, I was like, a, why is that person so happy for? She hasn't even, she doesn't have this and she's happy. What's going on with her? But when I start switching that focus into what, looking into what's really good, what is working well. Like right now, we are, have this opportunity to be with each other. And I think it's wonderful, you know, all these females, very um, smart people too. I had to see some of the videos and it's just, wow, all these people working together to bring a better world for all of us to live. So I'm very, very grateful for everyone who is doing this hard work to helping us to cope better. And I don't know, if, <laughs> do I still have a little bit more time? <laughs> Tony's up next, here we go. <laughs> Yes. Thank you, Carmen. Thank you. You're very welcome. Woo. <laughs> oh, I don't even know what to talk about. I'm just, I'm really, um, many of you don't know me, I don't think, so I'll introduce myself just for a moment. So I've been teaching for the last 25 years embodiment and how we get into the body in order to be basically, you know, a present, alive, activated person. And how to not judge all the feelings. And I, I'm hearing a lot of stuff and I loved a lot of what you both have said so far. Um, and what's striking me right now, I mean, it, I'm just thinking about this whole crisis that we're in and there's so much awful news right now. I mean, we are, this is a hot spot right now, Gwendolyn. Like it's just, yes. I, I'm, so I am, an, I am a feeler and I have to own that. I have a lot of feelings and that's just who I am. And I, I think that it's a great benefit to me that I've learned how to love this part of myself. And I think many of us have so much that we feel and we are sensitive and it's not a bad thing. I think sensitivity has gotten a really bad rap because I think that the harder we are and the more we just buck up and keep going, 
um, especially for people in privilege, it's not the healthy choice. We have to look at what's happening, reevaluate what we're doing, what we're experiencing, and take new action. We can't just be like, oh, I'm just going to buck up and keep going. And, it, and it's kind of like wearing blinders and not seeing. So I have been peeling back the blinders, I would say, really seriously for the last probably two years more than, more than ever in my life, you know, I did, I did a lot of work in my younger years when I taught and, you know, when I was a high school teacher in New York City, but things have changed a lot since then. And now I feel like we're coming around back to this really, it feels harder than ever right now. So I'm just acknowledging, I just want to say that regardless, I mean, with COVID-19, you know, and the crisis this is bringing so much stuff to the surface that I want to encourage you. I know it sounds really weird to say, but I want to encourage you to feel and actually go and cry. And and if you do watch the news, which I don't recommend because it's too painful for me personally, um, watch it in droplets. Don't watch it like don't watch it like a faucet. Don't have a faucet pouring on you of horrible information because then you can't. Then you have to put a cap on your feeling, right? You, you'll, it'll be overwhelming. But if you could take it in a droplet and say. Am I still on? Because ever people look frozen. Am I good? Okay. Um, <laughs> it's like taking it in a droplet, I'm able to process what I just felt. So if I watch like everything that's happening right now, I will lose my personal mind and just probably become, you know, unable to move forward. So if I take it in little bits and I say, okay, I can feel this and I can sign that petition and I can get on board with that situation and like I can make choices I can make a difference if I'm actually in my body and feeling what is happening. That, that, that's what I believe. And if, if you don't like that, that's perfectly fine. It's, it's cool to just go and coast. But there's something about the feeling that, and, and it was a great, uh, Maria said it so well. She said, it's a summons. And I think that is such a great word. Thank you, Maria. I've never said it like that before. It's a summons. So, you know, there's so many things going wrong. Like you could look at the environment. You could look at what's happening racially right now. It's just, it's, I have chills. It's just, it's appalling, right? There's so many areas where you could just fall down the rabbit hole of, of misery. So I'm just being honest. So what I recommend is the thing that really, that really gets you the most is your summons. You know, so it's like if, if, and you might not be able to work on every single cause because we're in a, we're in a place of, of so many causes um, that, but using the body as both, um, you know, both a barometer and a tool. So if something's really, really affecting me, I, I, I take some time with it. Like I was crying today, reading some texts from a dear friend of mine who is struggling incredibly with what's happening um, on the news right now in the last couple of days, it's just been just so, so hard. And I do believe that people have good intentions and that we all have good, many of us have good intentions. I won't say everyone, many of us with good intentions, we can, we can still make mistakes as well. So it's, it's such a challenging time to be in your, be in a body. But I really believe that at the end of the day, if I don't feel, I have no empathy. I can't have empathy without feeling. Feeling and empathy are married. They're not separated. You, you can't. So it's like, so dropping in, even if it's painful and saying, okay, I'm just going to let myself feel how painful this is right now. And that is hard. This is not easy stuff. This is about resilience and it's about embodiment and saying, okay, I'm going to feel. So what it's done to me, and I'll tell you like a real story and I'm, I'm embarrassed, but this is a true story. Um, this whole crisis has created major, oh, do I, am I there? Time's up? Oh, time's up. Okay. Um, I'll tell the story later. Sorry. I just saw that. Um, I'll just close by saying, this whole crisis has um, 
really forced me to reevaluate everything that I'm doing, who I'm spending my money with and on and where I'm investing and where I'm investing my time and really shifting things to be more of who I want to be. And that's what I'd say to you about feeling. So let the feeling guide you. Don't be afraid of the feeling, even if it's hard. It will pass. You have to just, you feel it through and it, and it passes. That's the goal. Thank you so much. I'll tell you the story maybe later if we have a little time for questions. <laughs> Thank you. Thank, Thank you. you. You're welcome. And Krista, we're going to end with you. Here we go. For this phase, we're not ending. No pressure to go after those three. <laughs> um, wow. I wrote a bunch of bullet points, and then I'm like hearing what everyone is saying, and it's um, so many things to say. So in December 2017, Gwendolyn invited me to this embodied leadership class where we did the characters strengths thing and yeah. hope was 23 out of 24. Um, and yeah, it was at, it was at a time of personal hardship for me. Uh, and so that became a summons uh, to go really deep into myself, figure out how to fall in love with myself and how to become more myself. And Gwendolyn, I'm proud to say I recently did the character strengths again and hope is in the top 10. I love that. Yeah. So I wanted to share um, a little bit of my story of how I've gone from, you know, having my head pop out of the sand to becoming an ally to becoming an accomplice and where I'm at in that journey and how the pandemic has, has deepened that commitment. So when I was listening to Maria's video, her number one was about getting quiet and reflecting. And I have found as somebody who vibrates at a really, really high level that that has really become a very valuable tool and strategy for me um, as I really work to try to listen to my still small voice and my own intuition and to try to see what lights me up. Um, so doing that has been helpful uh, to get quiet. So I wanted to just, in terms of small acts um, and what my small acts are, here are some of them. The way that I, it was really freeing for me to realize that courage and resilience are a muscle and that they practiced like going to the gym and, um, you know, mm. trying to be healthier or uh, practicing gratitude, that these are all things that we can strengthen and um, through training, just like any other thing we would train for. And as a goal-oriented person, that was, I thought, yay, I can actually get better at this. And I'm really proud that I have gotten better at it, but only by um, thrusting myself into discomfort and accepting the consequences of um, failure through practice or um, it's never really failure because you always learn something from it, but by having the courage to step into the arena and learn how to be a better ally or a better accomplice or just more me, um, more authentically me uh, when, I'm, when I'm in the work. Uh, and I loved, you know, in Tony's video about what's actually true and what is it that we've absorbed throughout our lives. And for myself going on a journey about intergenerational trauma and being the granddaughter of uh, grandparents and parents who lived through World War II and having a grandfather who was 
um, executed in a firing squad by the Germans for being part of the underground and having a grandmother who then had to raise seven kids um, and the trauma that was in the bodies around that, that they could not um, work through. But now the next generation is getting the opportunity to do that because we've had a little bit of distance. So studying my history and understanding where my passion for social justice comes from with a, my other set of grandparents who gave food to people who were starving on credit, knowing they would never get paid back. So understanding why I am the way I am and finding out that I'm a highly sensitive person. I'm an HSP, which is a thing. It's a character trait and there's a website and a test and a, and a, a retreat at Kripalu with a hundred other HSPs, which felt amazing. <laughs> you know, and realizing like Tony that I feel really deeply and that I'm heart centered and that it's really helpful for me to do, to wake up in the morning and write, join the Global Gratitude Jar group on Facebook and write what I'm thankful for. And something that's been really helpful has been doing the Science of Wellbeing class, which Yale has offered for free during this pandemic, which reiterated through scientific data that the things that we think are gonna make us happy, like great bodies and great jobs and houses and cars, it's not what makes us happy that kindness, social connection, time affluence, which is my number one, mind control and healthy practices. And mind control is my hardest, so I put the, the most time in there. And I'm pleased to say that that's getting a lot better as I do more practice. I, y'all will, if you've heard me in the other sessions, uh, you've heard me say this and I'm gonna probably say it in all of them. I don't believe anything is a coincidence. Um, I believe everything is intentional and happens as it's supposed to happen. And given what has happened in the news this past week and the heaviness of that on top of living in the middle of a pandemic, I can't think of a better topic tonight um, than this, honestly. And so as we get ready to get into it, I'm, I'm actually gonna do a little less moderating this time around and give y'all more time with each other. I just have a few questions. I wanna pose a few things. Um, but before we get into all of that, can everyone kind of take a moment, sit squarely. Square, it's, it's been a week, y'all. It's, it's been a whole week. Um, and yes, I'm a Texan, so I will say y'all in all the things. Um, so if everybody can just take a moment, we hadn't done this, I'm just kind of feeling it right now. Keep your eyes open, close your eyes, whatever you feel, but just take a deep breath. Just. And let the air come out of your mouth. One more, inhale. Okay, I also lost my paper when I did that. Um, Thank y'all for that. It's like, I needed a bit of a reset. I'm gonna be human and vulnerable. I'm also one of those very highly sensitive people. Just felt like you needed that for this because some personal breakthrough is gonna come through. Um, that was shared in every single person's talk. And thank y'all so much for, for giving that. Is this expanded idea of self-care? Because oftentimes people in service, we are so great at serving everyone else. Oh my gosh, such a big heart for everyone else. And we suck at taking care of ourselves. 
absolutely suck at taking care of ourselves. And we will go and we will grind and we will move and we will push because we actually have a very skewed understanding of what the word or of the definition of resiliency looks like. And so we're also gonna define that a little bit later. And so we will go and we will push and we will move and we will burn out. And then we will be no good to anyone, including ourselves, right? And so one of the things I'd, I wanna make sure we get into the room, there's about three or four topics I wanna make sure we get to. Um, it's just this expanded understanding of how can you be taking care of yourself this weekend? Like how can you take care of you this weekend right now? Because we're gonna need everyone on this call now more than ever to show up as accomplices, to show up as co-conspirators. And no one can do that from an empty well, right? None of us can. And we are all living in the lives of all the things that we have, you know, that we're dealing with in our personal lives as well. And so one of the first things I actually wanted to ask the four panelists, and then this may be a question that comes into our breakthrough session, um, or what are your small acts? Thank you, Kristen, for starting to share. It's Kristen, right? Kristen? Okay. Um, all right. I, my name's Ashante. I try to make sure I get everyone's name correct. Um, and so what are some of these small acts that you can actually, or that you are doing or want to be doing right now um, for self-care, for inspiration to, to build you up. And so I would love to hear from the other three panelists. Um, what are some of those things? What are some examples that you can share with us? Hi, I would like to say some of the practices I do in the morning when I wake up. One is just what am I grateful for that I already mentioned. Then the next one, I do my meditation because that keeps me grounded, that keeps me focused, and that just gives me so much love to my, it's just like a giving self to my own self. Yes, giving love, I'm sorry, to my own self. You know, just breathe. Very grateful, Ashanti, for the little meditation we just did. <laughs> just to breathe, breathe. You know, it's very important. So that's one of my things. And through the day, if I'm, I didn't like to do housework. And now it's strange. I'm enjoying it. <laughs> that was before the pandemic. Just start looking, just because being mindful, being at the moment with the vacuum cleaner or washing dishes. Or you, still, I don't like to iron. That's not, not. <laughs> But there are things that I, I start enjoying because it's time just to be with that thing. It's so simple just to be with that. So mindfulness. And I'll, another thing is go for a walk. Oh, dancing. I love dancing. It's so much fun. You know, just put a video. YouTube has tons of them. And just <laughs> dance. Or oh, I have the Joy of Movement book. And, it's, and it has a playlist also, music. And it's just great, you know, to be able to do those uh, four things through the day. And if I have time, I can paint a little bit or do anything creative. Because that's something that I, I enjoy Big time. Even cooking. Then I before was like, no, I don't cook. Yes, I'm Mexican. But no, I read. No, no, no. Cooking, no. But again, I enjoy being Mexican now and doing my Mexican dishes. So I invite you. After everything is over, we can have a great Mexican meal. <laughs> so that's some of the things I do. I love it. I love it. I love that you named. Try that last one. Stick with me. I love that you named like you are creative and so creatives show up like how that gets let out is in so many different ways right it is making a meal with whatever outfit you put on it is how you decide to clean differently 
or try a new way to clean the thing. It is how you dance. It's how you paint. It's how you, it's, it, if you're creative in any kind of way, like you will find a way to do a new thing. And that's, you, you get to create, like literally, like you have to constantly be creating. And sometimes it's a fried egg and sometimes it's a new strategy for, you know, dismantling oppression. And all of those are important. <laughs> all of those are right and important and necessary. Especially if you get a good fried egg, because those are not easy. Um, so thank you, Carmen, for bringing like all those beautiful examples of what happens when a creator um, allows themselves to experience creativity outside of what they're used to. Um, <laughs> uh, let's see, Maria, Tony, do you like to share? What are some of your small acts? Tony and I are looking at each other like, you go, I go, you go. Um, so I try, you know, I have a million resilience tools in my toolbox and practices and strategies. And I have to say, most of them have not helped at all during this time because my heart is so shattered and I'm sad a lot. Like I look okay right now, but I'm, you know, every day I'm sad. Every day I'm grieving in some way or another. And the one practice, Asante, that really has helped is I have always been a story seeker. I just love stories. And so I've doubled down on using the web to hear stories of exemplars around the world. And, and just today, I learned of a woman in India who's 107 years old. I don't know her name because I haven't memorized her story yet. But, and I'm sorry for that. But she and her husband were married many years ago and they learned they couldn't have children, which was a, a thing of shame in their community. And they were ostracized and criticized and judged horribly. And they decided to begin to plant banyan trees. And they have planted thousands and thousands of banyan trees to improve the ecology of their part of the world. And over time, she's won the highest order of citizenship in her communities and in her country. And she's still, she's 107 years old. And she can't, she can't, I mean, she can't even be, begin to put her arms around one of these trees because they're 30, 40, 50 years old now. And she calls them her children. And she has stewarded the land on behalf of what couldn't happen for her, which was to bear a child. She has created a forest of children for us to be free in. So that's the practice is that every day I'm looking for a story. That is beautiful. I love in that example, um, you showed and shared that we do um, expand our definitions of, of things, right? Not outside of what we're socialized. Beautifully said, yes. What is a mother, right? motherhood looks like so many different things. It looks like nurturing and whatever or whomever or whatever entity you're nurturing, you are a mother to that. Yeah. Um, and I would, I would, if you don't mind, I would like to add that your grieving is a small act. Hmm. That is in fact an act. We, you know, added, connected to what Tony was saying, like the feeling and the grieving, that is necessary. And if you aren't, then, I mean, I'd, I'd be a bit worried. <laughs> yeah. Like, if those heavy feelings aren't there, you know, this is the therapist. I mean, like, that's kind of some of the stuff we look for. We're like, oh, you don't feel anything? Nothing? Ever? Cool? Noted? Nervous? Um, but that, that grief is an act. Yeah. 
and giving yourself per to permission to feel it. And this is for all of us. And I'm also saying this to myself because I have wept this week. Like I have wept yeah. and it was a small act, right? Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. Uh, Tony? Um, let's see. So I think I feel like uh, so interesting. I always love what everybody else says. And I have to process it for a second. What I'm doing is I have, um, it's so funny, I have my teenagers both home right now. So, I mean, they're home. They're not yet launched, but soon to be. So I have been as much as I can because I have like all my work's been just shattered, which is totally cool. I'm dealing with it. Um, spending as much time with them in different ways than I used to. So for me, it's like this going for the connection. Like every weekend of my life, I work. I own a restaurant. I teach at Kripali, right? So I'm, I'm working basically weekends. I work the weirdest hours. I work all the time. Work has been my, my, you know, my addiction. So without work, like it used to be, I really feel like time. I love, I love what Kristen said, time affluence. I'm like, whoa, I need to reframe this whole thing and spending time with everybody. So I've been cooking and every, I mean, of course now they're like relying on me. No one can do anything without me now, but I've been cooking every meal. You know, we're having, we were having fun at, at first. Now I'm like, oh my God, you guys, can you make your own lunch or whatever? Um, but it's been fun and, and I've been walking every day and I'm dancing. And what I realized, this is really important to me and I didn't realize it until I almost didn't have it. When we first went into shutdown, I was like, oh, I'm not going to teach online. I'm not going to do any of that because I don't want to, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like utilizing this crisis to make money. And a friend of mine said, could you please teach a journey dance for us on, on Tuesday? Cause we miss you and Kripalu's closed and we don't know what's going to happen and blah, blah, blah. So I said, okay. So I did one. And then I was like, oh, this is why I do this my whole life. I've been doing this my whole life. So every week I'm teaching online. It's like, I can't wait until Tuesday. It's my self care. And what I realized that my profession is my self care, which is so great. <laughs> I set it up. So I'm dancing every week, which is totally part of my self care. And the last thing I'll say is I, made a garden. I have not made a garden in so many years because I'm always so busy flying around, teaching everywhere, never really grounding at this house where I live for 11 years I've been here. And I finally made a garden and I spent like days on it. My Instagram stories are really funny. And I built a fence, like I got like a staple gun. Like I felt so like, okay, I can do this. And I got plants and I did dirt and I dug and I got tools and gloves. It was really exciting to me. I know it seems really silly, but this is self-care to me. This is me not relying on other people to do my dirty work, me doing it. So I, on, as, on a metaphoric level, I feel like I'm really working on myself on a deep level. And I started therapy again, shockingly, to deal with all my grief, which has been amazing. And I think self-care, I feel super privileged that I can go to therapy, 100%, just saying that. And I am so grateful to this therapist who's uncovering stuff for me that I literally i've done therapy you know many years throughout my life and i've done so much personal work and i didn't even know these things connected and it's like things are happening in a new way and that is a is a privilege and it's great because now i can be a much better servant like i really do feel like that's the purpose of it otherwise what's the point it's not just like from my own like blah 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 at some point it's got to get put into action so that's my self-care you know i'm just like digging in the dirt in all ways <laughs> You make me want to come over and help dig dirt things. I know. And I was going to say, I'm a community person. So doing those Tuesday classes, when I look at all the people like right now and all these faces, I'm so excited to be here with you. I know so many of you. I want to like chat on the side, but I don't want to distract anyone. So just so you know, if you, did, if you wondered why I didn't chat you on the side, it's because I don't want to distract you. So 
but I love community, you know? This is what it's all about. 100%. I love it. I love it. Um, thank you all for sharing. You. You're welcome. I hope that was helpful. No, it was. Like, there's, I'm seeing the nods from other people. I think when we share, when we share our, our, our things, our ways that we take care of ourselves and the areas where we may have, like, space to improve or deficit, it actually invites other people to be here. Um, I think, Maria, you were speaking before about, I'm, I'm going to paraphrase what you said, yeah. about, but it was carrying or holding multiple truths at the same time, right? Multiple exactly. Yeah. Things can be true. You can both be in the middle of this, this deep grief around the transition in your life and overwhelming joy and gratitude for being able to be a mother in a particular way, right? Um, and I don't know if we give ourselves permission to hold multiple truths at the same time. And sometimes those are hard truths, right? Because sometimes those truths include, I am a good human, I want the world right. to be better, and I am completely frustrated and I have no idea what to do to help make that happen. And I am overwhelmed by that. So I'm just gonna shut down and do nothing because okay. if I was really a good person, I would have all the answers to solve all the problems and I wouldn't feel scared or- Are you in my head? <laughs> Oh like what the hell? That the saying that I was like that is how we all feel. But we're willing to actually say it. We're, so tonight we're naming it. None of us know what the hell we're doing. <laughs> and it's okay. And it's okay. And you can hold all of these truths at the same time. And I bring that up um, because I am gonna switch into the resiliency piece because one when you hear that other people are feeling the same way you're feeling or going through some of the things you're going through or struggling with some of the things, same things you're struggling with, it does two things. One, um, oftentimes like we, we can identify really well what we're good at or what we're not good at versus what we're good at. But what if, when you do this and you start to identify those things, the first thing it does is it allows you to understand how to expand your community, right? If you have a deficit in certain areas, you don't necessarily have to learn how to do all the things. You just may need to go connect with people that then do. Maybe that is an, an, an indication, a, a flag, a note from the universe. I was like, oh, well, if I don't know how to do I might need to connect with so-and-so who does know how to do this thing. And so then the pressure comes off of you to know all the things and be perfect because that's also a product of supremacy, feeling like you have to be perfect. And now you've built community. And then the skills you do bring they may have a deficit or someone else may have, and it may not be their skill to have. And so one, you have built community when you are vulnerable and you say, I need help in this area. You build community. Two, you build empathy. And building empathy is the only way we are really going to be able to do this. Data points all day long, we can, we know the data around, for example, from this week, we know the data connected to black and brown people dying at the hands of cops. Like we, we know it, we got it, we got it. What, what often happens is people will get compassion fatigue. And so what you need are the stories and you feel overwhelmed. You're like, this is too much. But stories build empathy because they help you to connect to people in different ways. All of us have felt scared. All of us have felt overwhelmed. All of us have felt the things that so many people in communities that may not look like you are feeling in this moment and whatever space you are in in whatever space where you may not have some type of privilege. And so where some things may not be your actual experience, that feeling is similar. We all know that feeling um, six, seven years old and you cannot tell that child 
that there is not something under their bed. Like you remember when you were six or seven, there was something under my bed. There was something in my closet. They, I know it is there. I am looking at it. I know you don't see it, but I see it. And that feeling in the pit of your stomach, that fear. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? Like, do y'all, y'all remember that? Y'all remember that feeling? Okay, so this is what empathy looks like. Or, that, or how empathy builds connection. That feeling I just described is the feeling I feel every time I see a cop car behind me getting ready to pull me over. So you may not have ever experienced that or have that, that, that's not what you go to initially, but you know that feeling, you remember that feeling, it's the same feeling. So the experiences of us don't all have to be the same. If we can connect to those feelings and build that empathy, you don't have to know someone's full story. You just have to know, I see you. I see that part of the humanity in you, right? And so when you're vulnerable and you can say the things that you're not great at and identify the areas where you're like, I need some help, it builds your community, it builds your empathy. And then the third thing that it ultimately ends up doing is it helps us redefine resilience. And so I think we have a very skewed understanding of what resilience means. It's the just go, 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 go. And like something breaks down and we build it back up and we just keep it moving. Um, and we can't have that, that definition of resilience going into this new world. And so I would like to ask all of the panelists, how would you redefine resilience? And it is also okay in the spirit of this to say, I don't know yet. Well, the, the traditional definition from psychology, resilience is about adapting, you know, adapting well, adapting healthfully, adapting, making healthy choices. The modern definition in my field, positive psychology, is this capacity to hold both at the same time. So it's less about adapting, it's about expanding capacity. And um, which means that the ability to live in the moment of what you're experiencing, all those feelings that Tony mentioned and the, the, um, the willingness to learn and grow and transform that Kristen mess mentioned and the shifts in perspective that, you know, looking, catching the good that Carmen mentioned, you know, the willingness to live in the experimentation of holding both, I think is the emerging definition, at least in, in the, the world that I travel in, which means, an increasing tolerance for suffering and an increasing tolerance also for jo joy. You know, that, that we, we have to get better at being able to love both and hold both. Increasing so. tolerance for suffering and joy. Okay, thank you. I was gonna build on that by saying that it starts to feel to me, which is very similar to what Maria said, but different words like that, um, in the past, the negative feeling um, would overwhelm me and sort of make me freeze. But with my expanding resilience, the feelings that are challenging or hard come through me and I continue to take steps forward. I continue to move forward. So it's about allowing, you know, not pushing anything away, allowing it to come in and feel what it's doing and observe it and learn from it and continue to take steps forward. Um, that to me is what resilience is feeling like as I'm gaining more of it. 
if I'm hearing you correctly, it's, it's giving yourself permission to feel the thing and evolve. Yeah. Like, and, and not let the thing stop me from moving forward, which is what it would have done in the past. I would have then, you know, really gone in and obsessed about the thing. And now, you know, somebody's really upset about their food being delayed last night at this fundraiser in the past, I would obsess about it. And I still am. It's there. It's in me. It's going through me. And I've been able to like acknowledge the joy of the event and take a step forward and, and continue to focus on other things and not stop my entire day just talking to everybody about this one incident, but not ignoring that it is affecting me, but being able to hold both, like Maria said. Love that. I love that. Thank you. Carmen, Tony, would you like to add anything to that? Well, I will say then, is they usually use is like the capacity to bounce back, but what the thing is I, I see a lot is the transformation we're getting with these times. And a lot of lis listening in the stories and on the paper, it's okay. You know, a lot of, uh, some people are just giving us permission and giving themselves permission to, it's okay. However you're feeling, whatever you're going through, it's okay. And, and uh, there is a lot of compassion too. So uh, it's, a, it's an opportunity for people who like to learn or who are curious about different things to learn more about this compassion, empathy, and how we can, that helps us a lot with resilience, you know, how compassionate can be with us ourselves and not to be so upset in things we were, in, were perfect because we are so into, oh, the perfection. But I, I was reading something out about, it's better just kind of change it to excellence. And it's still, I thought, excellence, it's just a heavy word for me too. So maybe not, not, not the need to be so much, you know, into that per perfect excellence. Mm. Just, just to accept. And especially today, it was so nice to see, uh, because I, I happened to see Tony's video, and she was like, okay, welcome to all these feelings. And I was like, oh, yeah, mm -hmm. I'm kind of scared about presenting today, this afternoon. So, oh, welcome. <laughs> that feeling of scary, <laughs> scared feeling. So it, it was just, there is so much around right now. Then we can, we focus a little bit on that. We can just feel better, you know, and that I think that helps with this resilience. And yes, we, we're going to feel sad. We're going to feel angry because some of the things that are going on right now is like, a, what's going on with this humanity? I mean, my own mom, she's like a, going in and out, you know, she's 84 and I'm like a mom. And I was like, a, you know, what else we can do to her now? We <laughs> can, I just kind of hold her, don't go here, she's in Mexico. And I'm like, a, right now, you know what? I just can pray and that's it. You know, we told her what's going on. She has hearing the news and, but everyone can do whatever. Whatever. They feel like it. Yeah. And it's strange because she used to be very cautious. And right now it's like, a, wow, she gave permission to herself to be kind of risky, I will say. But y'all need seems, from your mom. Yourself from mom. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, love, I love that you said that it's okay. Whatever it is, whatever it's, you know, all these it's. It's, it's, it's okay. Yes. <laughs> I cannot control it. <laughs> Uh, Tony. I had one thing to add to that. I just wrote it down so I didn't forget because it was, it was uh, Mari Carmen who made me think of it. Um, and, and, and what Kristen said as well. So for me, resilience is honoring. Like, so I've been really working with honoring um, with everybody who I am, who you are, 
what you've been through, what your experience has been and learning how to say, okay, Ooh, I've been through a lot, even at whatever, you know, whatever level you can own that and then honor that. And the resilience is to say, okay, so I know what my life has been. I can, I can honor this experience and integrate it and say, this makes me actually stronger because this makes me who I am. So all my experiences, regardless of how good, horrible, traumatic or excellent or whatever have shaped me. And if I can honor them into say, okay, I can integrate, then I can be resilient and move forward. Like that's to me, resilience always has to do with somehow moving forward. And instead of getting stuck in the past, trying to heal or stuck in a situation, trying to heal, say, okay, so it's like taking your experiences and valuing. I feel like resilience has to do with value because when you really believe in yourself and you can say, I am valuable, regardless of all the mistakes I've made of blah, 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 forgiveness, all that stuff goes together in this resilient, integrated self that can keep moving forward and have like a beautiful perspective on yourself. So that's kind of the way I look at it, like honoring where we all are on the journey, because we're all in different places. Everyone's going through all kinds of crazy stuff. How do we honor where we are on that journey and say, okay, I'm going to keep moving forward. So honoring and valuing who you are as a person, because you know, we're not all able to solve it by ourselves. That's the problem. We have to solve it together. I love this so much because I'm, I feel like we're just creating like a spiral of what resilience really is together. That's no, beautiful. And that's, that is ultimately, thank you for naming that. Cause that's what I was hoping came out of it. Like it can mean so many different things in so many different ways. Um, let's, let's also, let's just get rid of the word fail. Like I, we're just going to get rid of it. So just 2020 as of today, March 38th, May 38th of 2020, we are getting rid of the word. Fail. I'm in, I'm in. It's gone. It, we're done. Like, you made a mistake, you learned a lesson, you evolved, but thank you, Ari, just whole thing, just swipe it. Um, so here's what I would like to do. Thank, first, thank you. Thank you, panelists, so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, and thank you in advance to Gwendolyn, cause I'm gonna call an audible. Uh, so <laughs> she's like making a face like, I'm gonna text you now. Um, we're about to go into the breakthrough sessions. And we are calling them breakthrough sessions because it is supposed to allow you some moments of discomfort so there can be a real breakthrough, right? Um, and so I ask these questions of the panelists and I now ask them of each of you because I do think those things need to be identified. Um, and we'll, we'll go back and write, or actually I can just say what, they, what the questions are again if I can remember all of them. Um, what are some of the small acts you are doing for self-care? And panelists, if you still have them, you know, share, share with your folks. What are some of the small acts that you did, that you are doing for self-care? Um, what are the conflicting truths that you may be holding and struggling with right now that you need to just identify and release and like, you know, can I just name this as the thing? I'm both this and this, and this is where I struggle. Um, and I would like for you all to redefine what resilience uh, looks like and says and sounds like. Um, and again, we are doing all of these things in an, in an effort tonight to really start expanding and being committed to, I love that, um, the muscle, like it, that, that muscle, it is a muscle. Like you have got to build these, these muscles, right? And in order, like these are the foundational muscles that you have to build in order 
to go back out in the world and be the type of accomplices and co-conspirators that we are going to need to move the dial. Because I, I am exhausted. I, for one, am exhausted. And I am going to need some other people to step in. And it, put your own mask on first, get your self-care right, so then you can go help other people, okay? So that is what tonight is about. What are these things that you can identify for yourself to start helping making you more healed, more hold, uh, more healed, more whole uh, building community? So you can get girded up and get the, the, the armor you need to go help and protect others right now. And so uh, I'm gonna turn it back over to Gwendolyn to talk about the breakthrough sessions and the housekeeping pieces around that. Um, again, I don't know is an okay answer. It's fine. It's one of the most honest answers you can give and I appreciate that. So Gwendolyn, back to you. All right, I think I captured all of your channeling. I think I got it all. So um, we wanna hear back from every group. Uh, Gwendolyn will call out the group and the people. Um, you have about two minutes to share. Uh, Donye will let you know when your two minutes are up and then we will talk about what the actions are after this. It's one thing to talk about the things we want to do. Then we have to put, you know, put some legs to it so we can actually make, make that action work for us and it becomes something that's consistent. Uh, so group one. Forgive me, I'm outside. I'll move if I have to and I'll try to be succinct. Um, we had a good conversation and a paced one. So um, that was nice. We were able to balance sort of moments of, of big sharing and then um, letting there be silence. Um, so I appreciate that. Um, we named at the top that we noticed that we were all um, white or white identifying. Um, we talked about sort of knowing that privilege and holding that privilege. Um, we talked about, we started talking about resilience and practices that ground us, um, which were everything from um, baking to noticing flowers, uh, to looking out the window and being in nature, um, to writing thank you notes, um, trying to find other ways of being in gratitude. We talked about holding multiple truths around, um, sorry for the noise, around um, having an enormous, I'll speak, I'm not gonna talk about other people, but I'll speak for myself, you know, acknowledging the tremendous white privilege that I hold and then also being more comfortable as a queer working class kid following women of color, following the leadership of women of color. I talked about that kind of truth. Um, and then other folks talked about conflicting truths, uh, living with illness, but ultimately being okay. Um, uh, living with the possibility of this moment, all the ways that folks are kind of looking at doing organizations differently, businesses differently, food differently, and then knowing that people are hurting. So many people are suffering and hurting. Um, so the, all this opening and blooming of possibility and then so much grief and suffering and the reality of health inequities, structural inequities and all the people have died. Um, trying to think if there were other pieces that we talked about. Um, kind of the weight of this moment. Um, and then worrying about, um, worrying about loved ones. We're worried about people in our families. 
Thank you. Thank you for that. And thank you all for, for being so honest in your sharing and having, allowing for those moments of silence. Um, Hi, Erica. <laughs> all right, group two. Okay, group two is just Tony's group. Erica with a C, who is also an introvert, was uh -huh. <laughs> encouraged by Stephanie to feel the fear and speak. Um, and I'm so, so grateful for this group. Um, yesterday, I was just brought to my knees, hysterically sobbing. And I haven't felt this much gratitude in a while. And so thank you to everyone. And thank you to my group. Um, we talked about how the pandemic has really affected our ability to follow through on small acts. Um, but I was with a group of dancers, and so they really emphasized how dance and walking and exercise. Um, Tasia had this really beautiful image of her soft mind um, when she was cloud gazing, and how prior to this, we're all like running on this hamster wheel, and we didn't have time to appreciate the small things, or how Paige has been collecting hearts and um, going out in nature with the camera. There are all of these things that we have been doing and then there's that conflict so we have the the love you give the rejoice that we're having the the appreciation that we're having and then the anger that we're holding or what we're struggling with or how not being able to communicate in person and communicating with social media or digital really removes that body language and that genuine human connection but having a space like this to openly share um, and even just the things that we're practicing like we talked about different forms of meditation because my mom teaches meditation and i can't sit there but i can color in a book or <laughs> yeah i can see tony laughing right like we we just really strive to redefine a lot of these things. Um, we also found this resilience jacket because um, a lot of these feelings do manifest and Tony's sharing it there. It's something to help squeeze viscerally because we feel it in the body. And um, when the feelings are overwhelming, like yesterday, I'm brought to my knees. And sometimes you wanna break them. Sometimes you wanna cry. Sometimes you wanna scream and shout and dance. And so, um, there was just, a, there's so much, there's so much that I could just go on about. I have enough gratitude. And, and if there's anything I'm missing, group, please chime in. Thank you, Erica. Erica, can I just say really quickly, you've been on a few of these with us, and I am so beyond proud of you right now. Like, <laughs> for, like living the example of coming out of, of the company something so yes yeah. and also that's enough stop looking at me so we'll move on to group three <laughs> thank you I'll respect, that. I'll respect that we'll move on to group three now hi rachel here gonna share on behalf of our group um we talked a lot about self-care and people are all doing all sorts of different things that i found interesting to hear about and inspiring um there's definitely a theme of being outside in connection with nature um, and gratitude, definitely a theme of connecting with people in our lives in a new way, in a much deeper way, um, speaking about connecting with our children in a much more present and deep way, um, and um, cool stuff like um, live Facebook jazz coming from Harlem, which sounds fun, <laughs> um, and dancing, and uh, yeah. And then conflicting truths, um, talking about this idea of holding the fact that uh, it seems like a lot of people were dealing with an in internal reflection 
and internally think the sense of feeling broken, um, but coming to realization that there's nothing that needs to be fixed, that we are human, um, and that we can also, from this place, um, still connect with others and be of service to others. Um, and, um, and then we also talked about resilience and resilience being beginning again, beginning again, beginning again, um, practicing empathy, um, especially with ourselves, but also with others. And uh, yeah, I think, I think that's everything. If I forgot anything, please chime in. Thank you. I love the repetition, like beginning again, beginning again, beginning again. You get it, beginning again. Like, I love that. Thank you. Thank you, Rachel. All right, group four. Okay, this is me. Okay. Um, let me call myself. Okay, um, so as far as care, you know, we're drinking our water. Well, some of us are drinking our water. Hopefully we can all drink our water now. Give, yours, give yourself permission, you know, that um, Mari Carmen reminded us so gracefully of, you know, like that part is important. Give yourself the permission to take care of yourself and to take care of others. Um, sleep and rest, um, because that's what we need to recharge every single day. Um, I think Tony said it, you know, resilience is about moving forward and, you know, we got to recharge. Um, so just any type of rest, however you rest, please rest. And um, some conflicting truths we're having, me and Mary Ann are pretty angry and but we're gonna learn not to dwell on that so we can move forward. Um, there's a lot of just kind of guilt um, and shame, you know, knowing that you may fall short um, in these just nasty systems. Um, and also just knowing that you might fall short just kind of sucks knowing right now. Um, also not being able to fully open up to the bigger picture. Um, and then grief and moving forward is a lot because it, you know, comes, that comes with practicing empathy um, and, and that grief is real. Um, but there's a fact that a lot, of, um, res a lot of the results of COVID is like kind of purely systemic. We can't be surprised about anymore. Ari made that point very clear. Um, and then in a lot of ways, um, we're enjoying this time with some of us who feel pretty privileged um, and then you know there's some kind of conflict around that as well and um, we talked about risk factors and then you know Ari reiterated that the risk the risk factors are the systems period um, and then also Mari Carmen added that gratitude can sometimes turn into a balloon so don't let that happen either um, I'm complete Ooh. Ooh. okay wait I'm, I'm Gratitude can turn into a balloon. Yeah. Can y'all real quick say a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, sometimes you can just feel so much, too much happiness, you know, like a too much, like a, and it's kind of like a, to start detaching. So it's, it's good to have that kind of a, like a, a balance, you know, because. Oh, so you're, you're like in a different reality. You're like, that, that's not the real world. Like, come, come back. Exactly. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Like feet on the ground. Feet on yeah. the ground, planted. I've never, I've never had that visual before. Thank you. I will be adding that to my toolbox. Um, thank y'all. That was that was really really good. Group four. That was that was really helpful. Uh, I appreciate that. All all of the groups. They were really amazing. Um, so a couple of action things because you know 
you can't you can't be here and just talk about the things and not go away with homework. Um, before we do that, I will say this: all of us, the fact that we're even able to be on this call, um, we are having a privileged pandemic experience. Every last one of us right now, right? And it is okay. That's a that's that's a multiple truth. You can both hold that and have deep gratitude. Like I have deep gratitude that I am aware I am having a very privileged pandemic experience compared to other people. And I can also deeply grieve those that are not. And all of that can be real and felt at, at the same time. And it may take, it ebbs and flows, right? And all that gets to be true. And all of that is correct. All of that is correct. Um, so with that being said, you have a micro and a macro action to take. Your micro action, everyone should like at least fake like you're writing or like typing a thing um what is the muscle that you need to strengthen in order to do whatever that small act is that you may have identified like there may be a deficit there right like what is what is that small act you need to, or what is that muscle you need to strengthen erica gave us a beautiful example today of like stepping out of your comfort zone and like using her voice um so thank you for, for being a physical example of that. But what is that, what is that muscle? Which, which one is it? We're seeing a lot of different things come up from us because we also can't run from ourselves right now either. Um, and some days I'm, I don't like me. So what, what is that thing, right? What is, what is that? I can say like, well, like some days I don't, like, I don't, care. I don't care for me. Um, what, is, what is that thing? What is that muscle, right? What, what can you identify? And it's just one. We don't need to fix our entire lives and all the things. What is the one? Go deep. What is the one? Um, and then the macro thing is, Gwendolyn, what did I say the macro thing was? How are you going to be an accomplice? Yes. How are you going to, in the areas where you do have those strengths, where those muscles are already strong, and where those strong muscles may intersect whatever privilege you have, where can you be an accomplice in real time right now? Right? So be thinking, like, what can you be doing this weekend to build that, that, that weaker muscle, and how can you be utilizing your strong one? And we want you to, to really sit with that, sit with those questions. Um, and we invite you to strongly come back to the Action Lab on Saturday uh, afternoon and share what those are. Because that'll be one of the things we are sharing out with the group. And it'll be good to have some of you, all of you, I'm just going to manifest it now, all of you in that Action Lab to be leaders in that time. You, saw, you caught that, Kristen? You caught it. <laughs> you caught it. I love that. Um, be leaders in that time to kind of help facilitate, co-facilitate with each other, with your peers about what this means and what this looks like, because they haven't been in this session like you have. And so I want y'all to, to really take those two pieces of homework um, and really just dive a little bit deeper into what that means and, and what that looks like. And again, thank y'all for your vulnerability and your courage and your honesty, because it ain't easy and I don't take it lightly. So thank y'all again to all the panelists and everyone who shared. I appreciate y'all deeply. Gwendolyn, back to you. Thank you. And I want to thank, take a moment to thank Ashanti for leading us through this time. And on top of a really difficult week, we all thank Ashanti for leading us in this conversation. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I like all the moves. Look at all that, all the gratitude moves, right? <laughs> Gwendolyn, can I chime in for 10 seconds? Via uh, character strengths, I have this whole folder. It is really worth the time. So any of you who haven't done it before, I would definitely, it's going to help you do your micro and macro actions if you really can identify your strengths. So 
take the time to go to that website and take the, the free um, survey and get your, get your top character strengths so you'll know where, where, where you can start. Yeah, thank you, Donna. And I'm just gonna add to that, just like one step on top of that is, it's $20, but they actually give you this more in-depth report, which I really love and have used with teams at Bridge because it, it breaks apart how to use your upper, middle, and lower strengths. And so none of them are considered weaknesses, but I, I when I took the test, I was very, um, well, I wasn't surprised, but zest and humor were 23 and 24 every time I took the test. And um, it was really helpful to begin to figure out how to use my upper strengths to, to cultivate those lower strengths and to use them when I need to. So I really, um, it's just another offering that they offer. Um, so thank you, Donna, for that. And it's good to take it again a few different times. I mean, I think it's been six years since I took the first one and it's interesting to see how they do move around like Kristen reported, hope moving up for her. So, um, ooh, look at the dance. <laughs> So I, I really don't have much more to conclude. These labs didn't have, I didn't have a prescribed ending or even process. We just wanted everyone that was really committed to having this conversation to be in the Zoom room together and see what we came up with. And I think that there were some really dynamic conversations with lots of beautiful leaders and people that I had an opportunity to interact with. So thank you all for being here. And I just, that's, that's deeply from my heart. It feels shallow, but that's my deep gratitude. I'm really grateful for you all showing up for this process together. And then I want us all to say one word about how we're leaving this evening. And then Tony, you're gonna to give us a power move to end on together. So yes. So let's all go around. We're gonna call it the, the uh, one word and then we're gonna do a, we're gonna be embodied as we leave tonight. So I'm going to start with um, Natalie. Um, what is your one word? My one word? Yes. Is compassion. Thank you. Stephanie? Oh, relief. All right. Thank you. Janet? Expansion. Donna? Grateful. Kate? Connected. Amy? Action. All right. Donye? On fire. Ooh. Fiona? Refreshed. Refreshed. Carrie Ann? Curious. <laughs> Thank you. Erica? Replenished, restored. Right. Tony? Connection, for sure. Connection. Thank you. Maria? Touched. Rachel? Present. Wendy? Support. Paige? From Bar Harbor, Maine. She might be the first. Rejuvenated. All right. Thank you. Marianne. Community building. All right. Carolyn. Emotional. Thank you. Veronica. Um, probing. 
Thank you. Ari? Grounded. Kristen? Brave. Ooh. Carmen? Joyful. All right. Thank you. Teja? Small acts. All right. Lex? Lilacs. <laughs> Again, I'm grateful. And Ashanti? Encourage. Ooh. So now we're going to be embodied. That's going to be our final word. Tony, we're going to stand up. Yes. All right. I got to move. I've been thinking about it in my head, what I'm going to do. All right. So let's take all this energy and just kind of shake for a second, just for the stiff bodies. Just a quick butt shake. Let whatever you got jiggle. Take the arms and just say, ooh, that was a lot. I have a lot of energy now, and I'm going to bring it. So I want you to shake it. I want you to, like, feel this joy. And I want you to make a sound. Just go, like, like you're lifting something up and then bring it back to the heart because that's what we really need. Even though I want to be power move, I think the heart is the power move, okay? So take it, and then bring it to the heart. All right, and then rub your heart, rub that heart. Say, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Look at everybody else, I love you, I love you, I love you. I love you, I love you, I love you. Because you're here and now we get to meet, it's awesome. Yes. Here's our heart, it's a circle around the heart. Hope that was good, Gwendolyn. <laughs> it was great. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, everyone. Remember, we all need accomplices. Thank you. Thank you for joining us. We want to thank the Bridge Sustaining donors and organizational members, as well as our New Pathways sponsors, the Pumpkin Foundation, the Moonlight Mile Fund, Berkshire COVID Response from the Berkshire United Way, and Berkshire Taconic Community Foundation, Massachusetts College of Liberal Arts, MCLA, and the Crane Foundation. Be well, do as much good work as you possibly can, and stay safe out there. This is our great opportunity, I think, to create great change.